News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Woodturning. I'm Alan Gilbreth with DarkHookMedia.com. And I'm Maximilian, I guess behind the glass. Absolutely. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And of course, we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio fa- uh, Facebook page and give us a like. Check out all the action over there. And I've already posted the must-have item of the week, Alan. Uh, So for those of you who love that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, Mm -hmm, if you mm -hmm, can't wait mm -hmm. and you you got to hear about it now, check it out. Also, uh, I do want to remind people that um, coming up later, Alan, we've got uh, our confession hotline is going well. This one (laughs) is sort of, I don't know, this one is epic. We're probably going to have to give a lot of legal disclaimers on this one. I don't think we can get sued for reading this, but say, uh, don't try this at home. You we'll talk about that. a safety hazard that oh, we're gonna gosh. that we're gonna unpack. Um, hey, later in the show, we got our buddy uh, Larry Brown uh, from Brown Refrigeration coming in. Alan, Ooh, awesome. and uh, this is gonna be an interesting discussion. Just in time manufacturing. That's I guess that is oh. a business practice, or that's yeah. a something, and it's kind of affecting the supply chain. It's definitely definitely affecting his supply chain yeah, when it comes you're, to... You are so going to trigger me on that one. Yeah, I figured oh, yeah. we would, and, and that's always entertaining, being able to do that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a few other segments, but we're probably not going to tease a whole lot of them, other than to say Max is going to weigh in with one of his deep cuts. Uh, we're really enjoying these... Uh, Idioms for idiots, you know. Uh, he's got some words that I'm he's glad done the some title research stuck. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, it's all coming at you today on Tool Talk Radio. But before we get to any of that, and now Tool Talk Radio's weekly salute. It's always important to keep things square. If you want to stay healthy, you need to exercise and eat three square meals a day. Can't argue with that. Mm, okay. If you want to hit a straight golf shot, you need to keep your feet squared evenly with the ball. You know, Max, the producer's fondness for symmetry inspired him to decorate his entire home using only square shapes, including for his toilet. I, I don't want to clean that one out. <laughs> no comment there. Yeah. Just a lot of pain and regret. You got to suffer for your art. Mm-hmm. And of course, Alan Gilbreth felt that he had gotten a square deal mm. when he traded his 1976 AMC Pacer, <laughs> retrofitted with 48-inch monster truck tires, roof-mounted grappling hook, Mm -hmm. and floor-to-ceiling purple shag carpeting in exchange for a Hollywood-accurate Dr. Octopus costume with fully functioning robotic arms, Mm -hmm. which Alan thought would be a great help to him in the kitchen. Unfortunately, however, his English bulldog, ironically named Otto, (laughs) who was much smarter than he looked, figured out a way to slip the robotic arms into position around his midsection and activate the controls, leading to a very fun afternoon where Otto climbed every tree and terrorized every cat in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. After which he came home and put his efforts into reconfiguring the house to lay things out more in keeping with his tastes, most notably by hurling every piece of furniture that didn't have a cushion into the street. (laughs) (laughs) removing the doors to the food pantry and refrigerator for easier access, and ripping out all of the home's southern-facing exterior walls to let more sunlight in during his nap time. (laughs) You train that guy too well. Well, you know, it's... (laughs) 
But, you overtrained you know, a Venus flytrap. Now you overtrain auto. Well, you know, but he has a great side business now. Okay. Uh, he is uh, he is uh, easily available to help torment your neighborhood squirrels. There we go. There yeah, go. Otto's rocking over there. Yes, keeping things square is important. I forgot what we were even talking about, Alan. <laughs> and there is perhaps no more important place to do this than on a construction site. From the smallest home to the tallest skyscrapers, modern construction relies on level platforms and 90-degree corners. So today we celebrate one of the most fundamental tools for keeping us on the square and narrow. My friends, we give you the framing square. Oh, yeah. I would I would dare say, Alan, pretty much any carpenter, a lot of homeowners, most people have a framing square, I think. Or if you work with tools, it's sort of an essential. Of some variety or another, besides just the, the traditional framing square, there's also your little mini squares and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and if you don't know what a framing square is, it's basically, it comes in all shapes, or I mean, it comes in all sizes, right. and it's basically looks like a, the letter L and... Usually yep. one side is a little bit longer than the other, and, uh, you know, it'll have inches marked off. It might right. even have millimeters marked off. But, uh, Alan, what's interesting about the framing square is it's one of these where you really can't say who invented it because this thing does go back thousands of years. Uh, you know, it and the arch of the, the framing square and the the early ways of measuring an arch. What do you mean by that? I'm, I'm curious. I, I didn't expect the arch to come into this. Well, uh, if you look at a lot of old Roman architecture, you have examples of both because you've got obviously a nice 90 degree squared off wall. Right. That goes up and then to save weight in the walls, they would put in arched windows. Ah, uh, that's what so, it was for. Because I thought arches also have a really... They're strong. really stable and they're, they're really real st strong, right. but it's a big empty space where you don't have all that stone and all that uh. weight. So a lot of your decorative stuff of, and a lot of these tools were developed at that time to get you into the right place because if you don't have a good square corner, you don't have a good support. Uh, it, well, exactly. You don't want that thing off even a little bit. You yeah. don't want to be rocking and wobbling down the down the walkway trying to get over the sand. There's some there's some uh, tower, not a tower. It's like a skyscraper in in San Francisco. I was watching a special uh, documentary on, and I think it's off by like it's like like point zero zero two two. It's like barely noticeable, but it's not quite level. And right. They're talking about the issues that could cause down the road. So. In construction, you really do need a level platform. Well, you know, you know I mean, it's it's and a square corner. Well, so, well yeah. you know, you get into we start we we really get into heavy mathematics, whether you know you're getting into them or not. Right. Uh, the big thing is, is it weight bearing? How is it going to sit there? Are you fighting gravity or are you working with gravity? Exactly. And that is where that something like a framing square, you know, it's it's it just seems so simple. It's hard to imagine it's doing that much work when you slap it up in a corner and go, yep, that's square, we're good, and you move on. Right. Being slightly out of square, especially like a window, Sure. you got water coming in. Yeah, it, you got you got yeah. drafts, you got End, End of the day, you know, yeah. water is the enemy, water is going to be coming in. Um, if you're like a, a Roman road, making sure that that wall is nice and 90 degrees straight up so that you can then put the next device yeah. on top of it um, you don't want a 50 foot wall tipping sideways yeah ooh, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, well you know horrifyingly there's a there's an entire there's entire youtube channels 
devoted <laughs> to architectural fails. Oh, yeah. And this is where the wrong material got used or something wasn't level or something wasn't in there right. And next thing you know, it's uh, heading for the street. Well, I want to ask you something, Alan. And, and this is a little this is just a little fun exercise because um, I was thinking about how old the uh, how old the framing square is. And I was uh, imagining how you would have made one. Like, you know, mm. how do you come up with one and how do you prove to people that it's OK? Here was my thought. What if you get, okay, let's suppose you get a basin of water or something, right? right? Okay, and you use that to establish, I, don't, I guess they didn't have glass back then, so you couldn't have a transparent. But basically, if you take some water and you make a horizontal, you can make it perfectly horizontally level, right? Are you, You're just staring at me blankly. That's how you establish that. You establish one angle that way. Mm -hmm. Then you take a string, and you could have even just taken a rock, and you tie the string to the rock, and you hold it till it settles Right. Straight. Mm -hmm. And you've now created a 90 degree angle, perfectly I, 90 degree. And then you just trace it and cut out your tool I, I, I was according waiting to, that. to see if you were going to come in with the plumbers. Right. So you the, use a yeah. plumb. So in other words, if you were stranded on a desert island and you had a, a cup of water and a, uh, and, and a string and a rock, you could make a framing square. You could in get theory. pretty, you could get close enough. Yes. Yeah. One thing that's interesting to me, though, is because this thing is so old, I wondered, okay, there's, uh, uh, you brought up a name. Uh, Silas Hawes from 18, uh, in 1819, mm -hmm. he's a, he was a blacksmith. It said that he patented the framing square. Well, how do you, how do you patent something that you didn't invent? That's what uh, you find to... out there's a new patent office and you get in line early. Okay. So do we call foul <laughs> on this or what, what's the, it, it's like patenting the wheel. How right, well, do you right, just patent he something? He patented his version, which was very, very standard. Okay. He had, uh, he went with 24 inches by a two inch wide blade because at the time we were developing the two by four. I was about to say, so, so you he, would scroll. You so would, he, yeah. yeah, so he was actually designing a tool specifically of, and the other side, the tongue was less wide than that. It was the next size board down as one and a half inches and it was only about 16 inches long. So he used this as a way to trace this. Okay. And then he put I'm guessing measurements on the exactly. side. Exactly. He had it okay. notched and that kind of stuff. So it was his version of it, and it was designed to do what he does. And being a blacksmith, he was the master of all tools. Well, blacksmiths have to be resourceful, as we've uh, said. I mean, they're the kind of, in the village, everybody took everything to the blacksmith, well, right? Every but, tool we used right. at this time, because this was what, 1820, 1815? Yeah, this is 1819. Right so, yeah. uh, so around 1810, 1815. You didn't run down to the big box store and get a pair of pliers. Right. You he had to go the see the blacksmith and tell him what you wanted, how you wanted it, and he literally made to order. Did, didn't a blacksmith invent the vice grips or something? I can't remember. Oh, but They've almost, invented a lot of stuff. You know. Half of everything you you and I touch yeah. is a blacksmith invention or of adaptation. Well, then I guess the question for me would be, uh, not to beat this whole thing into the ground, but... Uh, if if he made his variation, well, then I could come along and make my variation Absolutely. and I don't have to worry about his pet. Okay, so because that was my only thing. It's like some ingenious person way back thousands of years came up with the first framing square. Right. Unfortunately, whoever you are, we can't give you credit because <laughs> we didn't have uh, Google back then. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have been Googleless, you yeah. know. So. But uh, anyway, so big salute, big shout out to the uh, framing square.
Um, Alan, you know who's uh, probably has a framing square next to his bed because he's just always <laughs> he's always on duty. He's always using things on his nightstand table. He's probably got one. Our good buddy Jay Hill with Big mm. M Roofing. You talk about dedication. You talk about a guy that's uh, you talk about a guy that's um, you know cares about his craft and everything. Um, and uh, Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling. If you have a uh, I don't know if you have a roof situation, Alan, if you have a, a remodeling situation, but especially if you have a situation that might involve uh, any type of uh, work that needs to be um, taken care of by your homeowner's insurance. Mm-hmm. Because Jay, uh, among other things, with his unique background, is a former insurance agent. And so uh, if you have those issues like you and I had, oh, like yeah. our buddy Brandon Olmstead, you know, we've had Jay has replaced all of our roofs. And uh, it was a pretty interesting experience, as we've, as we've said before. So... Um, I will uh, freely admit in, in, you know, one of those full disclosure things, the best part of getting my roof was sitting them was watching my guy, Jay, yeah. and the, the gentleman from the insurance company talk insurance. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> it was utterly amazing. And of course, you know, they don't, they don't just install a roof, Alan. They don't just nail a bunch of shingles up there. It's a roofing system. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how interconnected and how, you know, like they put roof vents, which, Oh, oh man, does that that's for one thing uh I've I've mentioned this before. My utility bill went down as soon as soon as I I got the new roof, our our utility bill just became lower, you know. It's just because yep. it's not storing all that heat up in the attic and it makes the shingles last longer. There's um, you know, it's it's a lifetime transferable warranty, which is really pretty amazing. So you talk about when you go to sell your home. Yes. Uh, that's a big selling point. So, and Jay's just a great guy to work with. Uh, you, you Believe me, get on the phone with Jay, and uh, it's a dynamic discussion. It is. You can call Jay directly at 901-484-5645 or go to BigMRoofingAndRemodeling.com. Uh, Alan, I don't think we teased this yet, and I don't think Max was prepared. And it's, uh, But uh, you mentioned something, and I think it, it does behoove us to discuss this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to call this weird seasonal shifts in gardening. Oh. So you're the gardener here. <laughs> and, okay, I'm not a gardener, but I, I can look out a window. And I know we, okay, it seems to me that we basically didn't have much of a winter. We kind of had a really cool spring, tons of rain. All of a sudden, it's like a light switch went off to oh. get summer. It's it's just, yeah, we went it's from- not that gradual, whatever. <laughs> no. Weird seasonal shifts. And I guess your plants are going to react well, that, it, right? it's I mean, your plants, your water management, your windows, your sidewalks. Uh, there's just a lot going on. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I'm sure that, well, I know you've noticed. Yeah. Is, you know, you you called me one day and told, you know, said, I'm looking at the back window. It rained yesterday. It's sunshiny today. I am watching my yard grow. It feels you like know. it. You cut the grass and you literally are like, how the heck did that thing? It was a day ago. Right. I cut it on Sunday. It's Tuesday and it looks like I've got rabbits running loose in here. Yeah. Hey, can I can I make can, I just want to throw Dive this in. into the mix, Alan, because we're talking about gardening. And, uh, you know, the, the, the great wall of uh, Midtown that I've been mm-hmm. working on for mm-hmm. months and everything. Right. Well, it's not just that. It's OK. Well, uh, uh, Becky, you know, the, the homeowner, right. Right. she's a gardener. She mm-hmm. planted squash, right? Right. And she got those big tubs. Uh, they're like a big frame that you basically uh, assemble. It's really lightweight. Mm-hmm. You put it down, fill it with dirt, and you're good to go. Well, I came back and I, I've, I don't, I didn't know what a squash plant looked like, other than these leaves are like, I mean, they're like a, the size <laughs> of a basketball. They're, they're bigger around than your head. Yes. Okay, Alan, there was nothing there. She put this in. There was a tiny little shrub. I right. come back two weeks later because I hadn't been there for right. a couple of weeks. 
and all of a sudden there's there's uh, massive growth. In, yes. And I'm like, how the heck did this happen? I mean, is it the weather or is that normal or I don't know. I just want to throw that into well, the into Welcome the pile. to D, all of the above. Okay. Uh, all right. A, we got a lot of great plants. Of course, you go to your big box store, your garden center these days. And they got one of everything, of uh, which is a ton of fun. Yep. Uh, they even have a lot of new stuff. Uh, I was looking at uh, one of the facilities I went through this week had uh, ferns from New Zealand that get six to eight feet tall. Oh, I'm like, well, hello, yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah. You know, of that type of thing. So here's here's the quick advice because suddenly we just jumped literally from a, a, a cold, really damp spring. Right. A lot of water management issues. You and I have been talking about this for months. Now we're going to swing the other way because now the water is going to dry up. And now we're going to start looking at the heat and the dry. Are we sure about that? Well, I don't I, know. It, I, must, I, it might <laughs> rain today. Of you know, we it might, felt pretty we, cool out today too we for the end of for, May. We might be in for a wet summer. We we don't know. Yeah. Of so here's the advice. You know, now that you can get outside and it's comfortable, you know, uh, one, let's look at mosquito control. Oh gosh. Just yeah. real quick. They must love this. Time stuff. to look around your yard. Do you have any discarded flower pots or of and good heavens, an old tire is just begging for misery. Oh, yeah. Please, let's go ahead and make sure we got all the water dumped out of those things right now. And uh, believe me when I say a solo, red solo cup with two inches of water in it is enough to grow mosquitoes, it is. Oh, yeah. So do not assume that tiny little thing in the corner isn't going to cause your yard all kinds of misery. Yeah. It can. Yeah. All right, we got that. Um, It's about mole season. Yeah. So you're about to start having those little guys plow through your yards. And the thing is, they're looking for food. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and treat your yard now for, like, Japanese beetle grubs and stuff like that, again, go to your local garden center. They have a they have a quick spray or something for that. Uh, you got sprayer granules. And if you don't have food in the yard, then there's no reason for the little guys to come along and dig up your yard. Sure. Yeah. Now, the other thing is, when you're weed eating around the house and that type of thing, you know, it, I learned this trick a long time ago. Of You can get a little short piece of PVC pipe and cut a slit in it and slip that around anything you really don't need to be smacking around with the weed eater. That's a very interesting like idea. That it- little piece of wire that maybe goes to your cable system or your internet connection or, you know, everybody's got something around the base of their house somewhere that you really shouldn't be hitting with the weed eater. Now, Alan, uh, full disclosure, I didn't warn you about what our confession hotline uh, confession is. And uh, basically, it's it's just weird that you have this psychic power because it's a a weed eater confession. Mm. So, uh, but but what you're saying is a great idea. I'm just thinking of the simple, okay, if you you have a bunch of PVC, you could have the different diameters because it comes in all... And, and tiny, tiny just, to great just big. Just lowering, you know, get a three or four inch piece or whatever it is. That's a great idea. I have to admit because, man, then you don't have to sit there and baby it or worry that you're going to. Well, then you got to get down your hands and knees right. and pull stuff out around it. Just slip you a little cover on there. That will be weed eater resistant. That's a great and idea, And now man. you're going along. Now you're not accidentally turning off everybody's cable. Yeah, no, I mean that. Well, it's not just that, but I have to imagine there's a lot of plants that even you don't you don't necessarily want to be uh, 
hitting the bottom of a bush right. that you actually like, you know, right. with the, with that's the weed when you eater. can get the larger stuff and you can cut a section of it out and fit it up underneath there. And now you've got an area where you can really get in and get some work done. Weed eater shields. That's yes. A, that's a good tip, man. I, I, that, that's very interesting. And, and, uh, Alan, I, I, I'm still curious though about all this uh, temperature changing and what oh. what the plants. What are you doing, uh, you know, to the psychology of your plants if there's such a thing? But uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a plant and it's February and it's 70 degrees out, you're probably pretty confused. So you know. Uh, so you know, uh, and then now you know it's cooling off. And I, I have blueberries both blooming and making berries okay. all at the same time. Very interesting. All right. Well, we're gonna or we're gonna unpack a little bit more of that weird seasonal shifts in gardening. Uh, and then, Alan, when we come back, uh, I didn't prepare you for this either. We're gonna uh, talk about showing your wood stain who's boss. Ooh. What do you think of that? You're oh, listening yeah. to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar, Memphis. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Is there anywhere in this town where we could buy a shrubbery? News Talk 98.9 The Roar. Memphis. I mean, if there is, just ask Alan. You know exactly where to get a shrubbery. I, I, I even know Roger. He's you mentioned plants, and I have to deliver. Absolutely. <laughs> Max is on the job. And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Wood Turning. And I'm still out there looking for suggestions of what to change my business name to. Alan, I, I feel like I want to change it a little bit because I've been told I, I have trouble you know, it, people have trouble understanding what I'm saying. I you talk have enunciational difficulties. Yeah. So okay. I may I may be mixing it up a little just to add a little, you know, whatever. And uh, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And uh, we invite you to do that, you know, uh, especially a text. A text works great, Alan. Mm-hmm. Um and because coming up at the uh, top of the next hour, uh, besides the fact that our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration is coming in, he's going to be sitting in uh, with us for our con- um, Tool Talk Radio Confession Hotline. It's a juicy <laughs> one this week, and we want to hear from you. If you've got a, a, a time where maybe you failed using a tool or failed as a homeowner mm. or failed, it's therapeutic. Hey, I've I've confessed stuff on the air, Alan. I, I, you know, I, I go when beyond are you fails. Do I'm going to go trials and tribulations. Okay. Yeah, there are some times where things you do everything right, mm-hmm. and it still looks at you and goes, "No, no. that's not how this is going to turn out." <laughs> it is your destiny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, and talking about it uh, on the air is is fun, mm. and it help you might help somebody else to avoid that's, your stupidity. Yep. You know, <laughs> so give us a call or text. You can call text any day of the week too if you want to leave this. You know, if it's a Monday afternoon and it mm. just occurred to you, you know, just go ahead and call or text the. Uh, Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And then, of course, we also invite you to go over to our Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Check out all the action over there. Check out uh, Alan's very good about linking up our past shows, mm-hmm. uh, which you can hear on Spotify, YouTube, and other platforms. So yeah, Go ahead uh, and subscribe and give us a like. Absolutely. Well, Alan, uh, we were talking about uh, weird seasonal shifts in mm. gardening. And once again, I feel like I, I interrupted you too many times. I kind of... <laughs> I kept, you know, which I'm prone to do when I have an idea because I don't want to Well, I'm going to use but... another word to trigger you immediately because okay. anytime you have a dramatic temperature shift, the word is going to be caulk. C-A-U-L, oh, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to throw in the K on that and say, all right, guys, 
it's time to go look because that stuff ages, cracks, peels, pops off, and creates an entryway into your home for water and critters. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you've got a, let's put your front window, let's suppose your front window mm. is facing the south and it's it's soaking wet and it's 30 degrees out and then it suddenly goes to blazing hot sun and yes. it's high and 85 and dry. Well, I mean, that wood is is doing its thing. It's moving back and forth. Yes. And that caulk, it's really got, you're you're asking a lot of your caulk to think that it's yes. not going to separate. Well, so, I mean, And the thing, and, and once again, you and I have made this point before, and I'm going to make this point dramatically again, because right now we've had days with as much as a 30, maybe even a 40 degree shift. Because you know, 24 it, hours, sure. Oh, w- yeah. we've, had, we've had evenings that got down into the 40s, and the next day it was in the 80s. Yeah. So I know everybody looks at their house, and they think it is a solid object. You hmm. and I both know painfully that it is not. No. And when you have so much temperature changing, and especially whether it's wet or it's dry, of these dramatically ch- affect... How things are shrinking, swelling, adjusting, moving. This is why old houses creak at night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the stuff moving. Everything is moving. So now while it's really pleasant, before the real heat gets here probably in just another week or two, now's not a bad time to go take that walk around the house and make sure that something hasn't popped loose. Okay. A shutter hasn't come off a mooring. Uh, and again, the great time to really look at those windows. Sure. Now, a little advice about the the lovely gardening bed in front of it. Of don't get carried away because it's cute, and put something in there that a you don't like how it smells. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> think of that because <laughs> some happens of them don't all have the time. A nice smell. Uh, yeah. Some people would, enter, and I always tell people also don't be afraid to kind of mix and match. Just because this isn't a traditionally a front flower bed plant, if you enjoy it and it looks good, give it a shot. Okay. The worst thing that can happen is you dig it up and move it later. Uh, So there's just a lot going on right now where the temp's good, the water's good, the plants are probably going to live unless you've just got a brown thumb. Mm -hmm. And I actually have to agree with people. There are folks like me that are green-thumbed, you can give me anything, it's going to get green and happy. Yeah. There are other people, eh, not so much. Well, I, here's what I'm curious about, though, Alan, because, okay, th- see, I'm not a gardener, but the, one, of the, one of the simple things I do, okay, uh, on my house in the winter, I have those, those foam covers that you put over your water spigot right. so they don't freeze. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I know in gardening, a lot of people have to do things similar like that to protect their plants. Yes. They, okay, but... It, when the temperature goes back and forth, well, I guess what I'm wondering, like I said, if it suddenly is 75 degrees in February, well, now I wonder it's probably not good to be trapping heat in there. So do you, is it kind of like you're constantly just on top? You have to be on top of this stuff. You have to continually keep it comfortable for your plants to, to help them ride out these weird changes in season? I mean, Depending upon the plant, okay. um, if you've got stuff like uh, a blueberry bush planted out in the middle of the yard, uh, we do not have a winter bad enough for you have to, to sweat it at oh, all. Oh, I didn't know that. Blueberries are pretty tough, They're, huh? they're from up north. Oh, okay, We gotcha. bring them down. Okay. Now, here's where the flip is. Yeah. It's all that stuff we're bringing up from the south. 
Some of it is winter hardy to a point. And this is where it's important to read that tag when it tells you what is it hardy and it will give you a temperature down to. Okay. So especially for a lot of your perennials um, and especially for stuff that is more lush and tropical Mm -hmm. of that hardy down to you look at a blueberry and they're hardy down to like negative two degrees oh wow you're you're fine we're we're never going to really worry about that of those japanese bananas well they're not really good to negative two so you may be cutting the plant back and putting a cover over it and trying to keep the the root stock alive so that your bananas all come back up next year that's why we can't grow Palm trees here in Memphis, unfortunately, because those are some of my favorite trees, but I never see any. They're beautiful. Now, that's not 100% true. There are certain hardier varieties, but again, you really got to read that label because a lot of them also don't like our dirt. Oh, We have a clay soil. We have a heavy clay soil, which is thick and heavy. Mm-hmm. Of And, you know, you watch the gardening shows from up north and somebody walks out there and just takes a shovel and sticks it in the ground and picks up a big old thing of dirt. I used to think I am so weak <laughs> because, you know, he's yeah. out there moving dirt like it's not. Then I realized, no, no, he he's over there moving potting soil. We we have yeah. clay soil. This stuff is rough, tough, durable. Of it takes work to move our dirt. I got so you. a lot of times when you look at some of these plants, uh, especially the ones you got to baby a little bit more, you maybe got to dig out a bigger hole. Maybe you got to put in a little extra soil. And some of them, you need to make sure they've got the right kind of drainage. Oh, which good is point. Yeah, always not necessarily great because what is the size of this plant five years from now? Is to how close do you want to get it to the house? Yeah, boy, you know, there's just way too much thinking in gardening. Uh, <laughs> you really got to consider a lot. And we've seen, well, I, I, we've seen when people do put things too close to the house and what it does to your foundation and everything. The worst, so. Yeah, the worst sin in the world is over mulching. Over mulching. Oh, because that's what creates those little uh, volcanoes or what do they call it? Well, that, I, well, all right, you can over mulch your trees, and which we call that the tree volcano. Yeah. You walk out there and the tree has got this big pile of stuff on it. The tree should basically have a mulch moat. Right. So it shouldn't be all the way up the side of the tree. Alan, I relate that to a fence post because uh, a fence post, if you, if you, if you, you know, set it up correctly and everything and, and it's got what, if the water can drain away from it, it'll last 30 years or whatever. Yes. The minute you start piling things there where water is just sitting, uh, especially when it sits in that little like right. recessed hole area, it'll rot. So I guess it's the same with the it tree, snaps right? Off. It needs to be able to. Yeah. Well, you don't want the tree thinking the soil level's eight inches higher than it really is. Oh, because then the roots will start the coming up The tree there. starts trying to grow into that area. Uh, and what you really want is you want to keep the weeds and stuff away from the bottom of the tree. Okay. And another thing to remember, when you put, a lot of people get really frustrated trying to do those cute gardens around the base of a big tree. Mm-hmm. And the plants keep dying. Yeah. And they keep putting in plants and trying. All right, guys. You got a poor little daffodil trying to compete with an oak tree for nutrition. Yeah. He's <laughs> not going to win. He's not yeah. going to win. So this is where you get into raised beds and containers so the tree isn't beating your plants to all the good stuff. Gosh, you know, it's just amazing how much thinking goes into gardening and how, uh, 
I, it, it's almost like, um, gosh, it just reminds me of almost like a Tetris game or something where you <laughs> you have to arrange things correctly. You have to think about temperature. You have to. Well, man. and it also brings us that jumps us from the mulch right to the gutters. Okay, of, good point. Because yeah. gutter management, again, another huge topic for the Mid-South, for those of you listening of further south, yeah, you already know about pine needles. For those of you listening further north, of you know all about the big oak tree leaves and stuff and everything that can pile up into your gutters. And once those gutters back up, then we start talking about water getting into the house. Yeah. But the other thing I'm going to talk about is you've got your gutters cleaned out. You've got your screens on. Everything's looking good. All right, now it's time to look at where is that water going coming out of the gutter. Yeah, it Are might you be. leaving it right next to the house? Is it going into a drain? Or what is happening with all that water? Because that also brings up secondary issues with your foundation. Yeah. With your gardening. And again, if you've got a lot of mulch piled up to the house, you might be ponding the water from the gutter next to the house. You know, Alan, it makes me think in the big picture, it's probably, even if you're just going to garden for just a hobby or just uh, right. whatever, I, it really probably isn't a bad idea to just uh, get a landscaper over there or somebody that really understands this or, you know, go visit our friends at, at the garden centers and uh, really get a handle on this first because, man, it is just, uh, you know, we talk about our house moving and, and right. whatever. I mean, with gardening, everything is so temporary and it's so you you just got to stay on top of it and it, it's but, not going to look the same as it does you know five years from now everything no. you just did is going to look it's going to look draft, drastically different and the reason i tie all this in with you know with home and home improvement is the curb appeal of your home drastically affects what yeah. you do with your home and of course we're ultimately you and i are always at the end of the day, really talking about the preservation of your home and the resale value of your home. Right. Yeah. Um, good stuff, Alan. You know, but um, I feel like this is, I mean, this could be its own show, honestly. It's like, I mean, and and I, I don't know much about gardening, but I, I can just, um, it, it, the, the big thing I hear is a lot of work and a lot of thought, you know, so. Uh, Not, well, if you do it right, it's very enjoyable and you get a lot out of it. Okay. All right. Well, Alan, let's let's shift gears. Before uh, I I want to I want to bring something up in a minute, and it has to do with wood stain and my mm -hmm. the uh, the evolution of my relationship with wood stain. How's that? <laughs> That's okay. How's that for a tease? Before we get to that, I want to talk about our friend Cindy Williams, mm. shelf genie of the Mid South. Boy, you talk about you know we we talk about Jay Hill and Larry Brown and right. be, you know the dynamic personalities we interact with. I guess we just attract those types yep. of people or they, they, you know, uh, whatever. But we, we, uh, one of the, one of our favorite people is Cindy Williams of shelf genie of the mid South. We, uh, it, everybody has seen this. You've got those kitchen cabinets mm -hmm. or those bathroom cabinets, or as we say, Alan, uh, we're, we're spilling out into the rest of the house, the, that, yes. that hallway closet or, or oh the kids gosh. room, any type the of toy storage closet, area, pantry, right. That is, that is cluttered or also sometimes I've seen this too, Alan, you have this massive cabinets uh, and it might be in the, it might be in the kid's playroom or something. And it's, it's half full because they're the way the shelves were laid out. There's really just a lot of dead space. That's mm -hmm. not being utilized. Well, shelf genie of the mid South deals with them. Um, they deal with your storage solutions, not only, um, making taking advantage of every square inch of your of your cabinets and closets, but also making everything easy easy to get to. Because a lot of people uh, have mobility issues, and it it doesn't you know 
it makes it it's just it's a lifestyle improvement and it gives you I guess I would say too because uh, we've seen these cabinets where you don't know what's in the back of it. You've got and I, I've seen this with pantries oh and we've gosh, seen they pull yes. something out. It's been there for six years. It's old. It's whatever because they just it getting to it is such a hassle. Well, now every every corner of your kitchen and, and bathroom is access, uh, mm-hmm. accessible. What is it? Accessible. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, easy to get to. Easy to that? get to. They work with. <laughs> they make these custom solution, custom glide out solutions. Um, and every, like we said, everybody in the Shelf Genie team, you, they go to school for this. It's Shelf Genie, yes. you know, school. And so all of them are, they, they're working for one thing as a cohesive unit. The installers, mm-hmm. the designers, the owners, everybody is working together to maximize, you know, to make your your um, storage as good as it can possibly be. And this consultation is free. That's the other Ooh, part. Definitely. So there's really no reason not to call them to get it, you know, get them in there and see what sort of options you can do for your kitchen and uh, your storage solutions. So give them a call. You can call them directly at 901-422-8225. Tell them you heard about it on Tool Talk Radio or go to shelfgenie.com forward slash Mid-South Memphis. And by the way, Alan, um, uh, we, we've been keeping track of uh, Cindy uh, Cindy Williams' appearance, you know, her right, appearance right. tour dates and everything. She's going to be at the Italian Fest, and I guess a lot of our Cumulus buddies are going to oh, yeah. be there too. Uh, knock on wood, I think we're going to be broadcasting. Uh, we are there. indeed. I really hope a lot of people will come out to the Italian Fest. It's a lot of fun. I've been going it, to it for 25 years, It's and I've watched it grow you talk about something that gr- has grown, Alan. It started mm. out in the parking lot of uh, Holy Rosary Church, and now the thing is it, they had to expand over to Marquette oh, Park, wow. and they, they get fifteen or 20,000 people there. It's a lot of fun, and it's family-friendly, and they always have good music, too. Oh, yeah. Lots of food. So we'll be there, and uh, if you want to meet Cindy Williams with Shelf Genie of the Mid-South, she'll be set up at the uh, at the party tent, as we call it. So. Uh, <laughs> she will all you can always find her tent because there's always a lot of ooing and awing and a lot of people standing there yeah it's 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 a hive of activity so all right alan um i wanted to i just wanted to mention this because i had a, i had a situation with this again this job uh becky's this mm-hmm. midtown job boy the, the, the i might get mileage of out of this right you know i built them uh i started off with uh building a screened in porch for them you right. know that evolved into, hey, as long as you're here, I need this. Uh, we're we're going to need a little pool house right. built, which I'm, I haven't got to yet. Also, we have this almost 200-foot wall here made of brick and mm-hmm. uh, wood and everything. And uh, I've talked about the drainage issues. She's 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 really going to town and making this. She's getting everything fixed. So I, I, right. I give her hats off. Well, among other things, I had to... Um, replace all of the fence boards in her right uh, because it's a it's a beautiful wall it's like eight or nine feet tall and uh, the bottom portion is as um it's it's brick more or less with cinder block you know the big right. textured cinder block and then up above is wood well she wanted it stained so I said well here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna take this home I'm going to cut it all to size I'm gonna get a little assembly line going I'm gonna stain it all stack it up and then that way, I, you know, it'll, I, when I get to the job site, I'll just put it up. Well, the stain color she picked out, we weren't quite getting the look that we wanted. Right? Okay. It, it was a little, t- it was, well, you know how porous a piece of yes. fence board is. She wanted a little bit of a deeper color, but she also wanted to see the wood grain. She, so I, I bought a semi-transparent stain. Okay. Uh, latex, of course, folks, don't ever use oil outside. I'm I'll preach no, that. It, it, That's the hill I'll die on. Just, just watch it. Watch it grow mold. Yeah. Yeah. So, so get. It. I got a latex stain, and when I put it on, 
Uh, she said, well, I like it, but it's not quite, um, you know, it's, 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 I want to see more of the grain. Well, in the old days, Alan, when I first started using wood stain, I found it very intimidating because I seem to remember my shop teacher talking about uh, make sure when you stain that you, you have everything prepared because this is not coming off. I remember the word permanent and, mm. and, you know, there was sort of this intimidation factor. Right. Don't just rub this stuff in because once it's there, you're never getting it out unless right. you sand it way down. Well, over the years, I've sort of, uh, I've grown to, so in other words, stain was the boss. Well, I've, I've turned the tables. I feel right. like I'm, I'm showing stain who's boss. So <laughs> okay. I said, okay, well, you know what? So what I did was on this, in this situation, for example, I said, well, let's put a little stain on. Then I showed her what happens if you, uh, uh, you put it on, let it dry, and then you just scuff the surface. And right. all of a sudden, it just it's almost like a, you know, like a magic act. All of a sudden, the grain just boom, because you've you've basically scuffed the surface right. and it jumps out. And so what would have been a daunting problem for me probably 30 or 40 years ago is okay, well, this is another option. And and I've run into this before with wood stain where, okay, maybe this doesn't work. But if you rub a little solvent on it after the fact, it'll right. it'll give you this, and then it gives you that one of a kind uh, look. And on also, I'm more open to the idea of having a one of a kind, um, unrepeatable look. And I already know where this is going to lead, Alan, because you <laughs> you and I are on the same page with this. Like in other words, I'm I I don't want it to look like what uh, the store sample. I want it right. to be, this is my own sort of artistic statement here. Mm -hmm. And wood stain is very flexible if you use it correctly. And it's not right. as permanent as people think. Like, I just don't want people to be as daunted by wood stain. And I know you, you've talked about a floor oh, well, many that, years ago. But yep. anyway, I want to get your thoughts on that. So, of, Well, I'm not going to use the word misuse the stain, but I'm going to throw in add steps too. Okay. Yeah. Of because you can create some very interesting effects by brushing certain patterns, not using certain patterns. Going back, of we had uh, we had one job where they they wanted a kind of speckled finish ah. and we actually found what worked best was a semi defective spray bottle with a bleach solution there you go cuz you just, just don't know what's going to the spray bottle didn't spray really well it kind of coughed and sputtered mm -hmm. but the coughed and sputtered look with a light bleach solution left the little speckles right like, they were looking for something that always looked like it had glistening water drops on it. Oh, that's interesting. And so just in one of these, you know, I got this spray bottle in my truck that don't work so good. Yeah. And next thing you know, we're out there, you know, creating these designs. Right. Of another one I've used with wood stain that's been a kind of a weird effect and a lot of fun is natural sponge. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of folks because you get lighter and that. darker as depending upon how you roll or move the sponge. Yeah. So yeah. I think a lot of this just comes down to don't be afraid to try it. Yeah. And again, my favorite words is try a sample you can bury if it uh, goes wrong. Bingo. Yeah. Get you know. <laughs> definitely. I'm a, I'm a total. I, I'm in total agreement. Get get a couple of extra scrap boards and yeah. and keep in mind every piece of wood behaves differently because wood stain and I don't care if it's the same type of wood. Each piece of wood is a it's little bit do different. different. Also, every time. Uh, you know, you might use pre stain. Pre stain is that mm -hmm. clear. Uh, 
that clear, uh, you know, finish you put on beforehand and it makes the stain go on lighter or something. But um, don't, I guess my, my message would just be, don't be intimidated by no. stain. Don't, don't go willy nilly. Don't use it recklessly. Never mix oil and uh, oh, latex no, together. No. Never do that. But uh, uh, rule of thumb, basically uh, use oil base only for indoor treatments. That's, right. that's my, that's my thing. And it's great for obviously furniture and things like that. But um I don't know. It was just, it was sort of liberating, Alan, because like I said, I had this almost 200-foot fence uh, <laughs> with a problem and one piece of sandpaper solved the whole thing. Anyway, sandpaper and an attitude. Man, yeah. Anyway, Alan, uh, hour, two, hour one of Tool Talk Radio is in the can, but uh, wow. we're coming back in just a minute with our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from darkoakmedia.com, our pal Max over there behind the glass, and the man himself, the one who keeps the lights on. Uh, he did a great job with the remodel, Alan. Well, Larry oh, Brown yeah. from Brown Refrigeration. Uh, good to have you, sir. It's always good to have you in. Well, man. good to be here. And by the way, the remodel was really hard work. And yeah. it was a lot of, <laughs> lot of long nights, but we made it, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. I, you, you've done great work. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. And uh, we're not dripping with sarcasm at all. No, here, there so. was no, no hint of sarcasm on that one. Hey, money's an important factor it in is. a construction is. project. Right, right. So, hey, Larry, um, you know we've got a we've got some interesting stuff to talk about uh, with you today. I want to just throw this out there. By the way, we don't usually do this at the at the top of the hour, but off the air, we're talking because uh, later today, you guys on Geek Tank Radio, we've got our friend Craig Brewer mm, coming in. He's awesome. A, famous filmmaker that happens to live here in memphis and uh larry you're you're a fan of some of his movies it sounds like absolutely so. absolutely like the hustle and flow movie that's that's a memphis movie and, and it's you know uh one of the songs and whoop that trick was a big thing yeah. at the nba games sure and so it's a really good movie uh you know, I enjoyed it, and uh, I'd be glad to be interesting to meet him. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. We'll, uh, we'll have to get a picture, Alan, left. Oh, yeah. You know, Craig Brewer and Larry Brown in the, uh, you know, News Talk 98.9 studio. Oh, yeah. Boy, it's going to be great. So, anyway, that's coming up later. But that that's not why we're – that's not the main reason we have uh, Larry in here. Larry, among other things, um, we've got, you've got some specials for us. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, our obviously HVAC, but you brought up something this week that I thought was very – very timely and uh, very important in the, especially today and it's called I, I guess you call it just in time manufacturing right that's mm -hmm. uh that's I guess I don't know if that's a business practice or if that's just sort of one of the realities that's giving us the supply chain issues and oh, everything JIT so is an entire of uh, paradigm of manufacturing logistics and supply right and you're in the thick of things with this right well I absolutely mean, uh I, you know i did a little research on google and uh you know it's actually developed by a gentleman that worked for toyota okay and uh you know it's basically your your basically your supplies or your materials that you build or manufacture something with are showing up just in time so you know you're not stocking these items you don't have a warehouse they show up basically take them off the truck and bolt them onto in toyota's you know instance they were bolting them onto a car uh but you know a lot of manufacturers have have opted that uh process mm -hmm. and so now uh in our supply chain interruptions 
they don't they don't get all their parts exactly when they need them. So the just in time uh, manufacturing thing is not working as well because if you have supply chain issues, you're not getting all your all your materials when you need them. Yeah, and you don't have anything back any backup. You don't have any inventory to go pull from. So that's why it's caused a lot of uh, ripples or waves in our supply chain because we're you know people are relying on everything to show up just in time and it just doesn't happen like that anymore absolutely so we're going to unpack that in just a mm. bit uh before we get and, and of course we got one of my favorite segments coming up in just a second alan our our tool talk radio <laughs> confession line and larry you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this but hey before we jump into that you always bring us some specials too so you know listeners if you have anything uh any ideas uh that that you need some hvac work or uh clean uh Smart home system or a clean air system Ooh, with the Remy Halo. I oh, bet yeah. you Larry's got some good news for you today. So what do you got for us, sir? Well, you know, we always try to bring some specials. And, of course, it seems like this year it's we've uh, got off to the summer. The summer's not even here yet officially. It's already We've already got 90-plus degree weathers uh, that's, you know, air-conditioning business is booming, should I say. So, yeah. uh, and if you haven't got your AC serviced yet, it's not too late to do it. So you can give us a call. We're offering a $69.99 service special on your first system, $39.99 for each additional unit. So if you need to get your unit cleaned and ready to go for the summer, it's not too late. You can give us a call. If you're in the market for a new train HVAC unit, uh, we're offering 18 months no interest financing on any train new train system. Or you can get up to a $600 rebate on any train system. Uh, you purchase between now and May 31st. So these two, uh, you know, the the no interest financing and the rebate, uh, that promotion ends May 31st. Now, you have, as long as you purchase the unit by then, we can, you know, we can install it later. So it's, it's uh, but if you're in the market to do it, I would highly advise getting it done now because, you know, we talked, we just talked about supply chain issues. Well, they're they're really impacting the HVAC industry, and you know we're we're having a shortage of materials and units. So if you wait till July and you think, well, I can just get one whenever I need it, they may not have one. I think people are getting more accustomed to that too. Lock it in now. Lock in your rates. Lock in your lock in your price. Lock in that deal, and uh, yeah, then you can get it when it's ready. So I think people are more accustomed to that way of thinking now just because of the way the realities but that's a, that's some great stuff i love the zero percent uh financing too that's nothing to sneeze at alan i mean that's that that's that's real money especially real yeah money. That's, that's, right. that's, that's definitely money. real right money, so. that's and so you can you know you can purchase a unit now and take 18 months to pay for it so you know there's going to be uh, possibly depending on what you know what your situation is if you're working, maybe you're going to get some kind of bonus at the end of the year. Mm -hmm, you're sure. going to get an income tax check back next year. You could use all that towards helping pay for that system. So. Perfect. Okay, so uh, call directly, 901-362-1881, or go to brownref.com. And if you're really lucky, when you call, Mrs. Brown will answer the phone, mm -hmm. and that's a hoot, you know. That's she's, uh, she's absolutely. A riot, Larry, so, yeah. she's, uh, she's been there uh, working hard. Um you know, we've, we've all been there. It's been really busy. Uh, obviously, when we see 90-plus uh, degree temperatures in the middle of May, yeah. uh, you know, all hands on deck at our office. So Absolutely. So, all right. Well, hey, Larry, uh, I, I was really eager for you to hear this. Uh, uh, here we go. We're going to uh, 
unpack our confession hotline. I've called you all here because I need some honest answers. Yeah, they all kind of broke. So, when do I start? There is a basket of oil-soaked rags above a wood-burning stove. Are you out of your mind? You put a jet engine on a lawnmower? This time, they are going to be held accountable. This time, they are the ones who will pay. Larry, I thought you have a jet engine on your lawnmower, don't you? No, no, no. Just a V8. We just got a, a blown Hemi on my lawnmower. That's all I got. No, that'll so. get the job done. All right, yeah. so guys, here we go. This one, Alan, I, I don't think we can get sued, but I really want to just reemphasize we are not in any way saying you should do this. This we, is a this terrible is, idea. This is a no advocation. Do don't not send do, lawyers do after us. This. But I, right. this is, you know, we, we, we just report the news here. So here you go, uh, Larry. Dear Tool Talk Radio, I have a weed whacker confession. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh -huh. One time I got so tired of the plastic cord breaking every 30 seconds when I was edging my sidewalk that I figured out a way to attach an old circular saw blade on the end instead. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like something out of a Mad Max movie. I started edging with the spinning blade, and it kind of worked except it kicked up a lot of dirt. Oh, yeah. Then yeah. it caught on something in the ground, and the weed eater twisted around and threw me. <laughs> I don't know if I sprained my wrist, or I don't know if my sprained wrist was from the t twisting handle or from landing on my wrist badly when I fell. Either way, I do not recommend this. Alan, I, this, <laughs> I can't <laughs> promise I haven't thought about stuff like this because... <laughs> Larry, do you do you, do you use a, an edger or a weed eater? Uh, absolutely, I, uh, every week. Why yeah. does that little string break? So, I mean, I've done this. It just it, it it flips around. You get about twenty seconds. It 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 either breaks or it wears down or it jams and it. You got to pull the thing out. It's just I don't know. Maybe mine is defective or something, but I I sort of sympathize with this guy. Well, it is frustrating, but you know. Um, there's a reason why they put a plastic cord and not a plate on, <laughs> obviously. So, uh, you know, it's there for, you know, some, some give, should we say, so it'll break, it does break instead of breaking your arm. What do you so, think, Alan? Well, but okay. Well, don't they make an edger that you push it and it's got a blade or something, yes. but now that's right. a different situation. All right. Right? Well, okay. all right. that is a true edger. That's not a weed eater. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the big question, now see, I have a lot of questions Let's here hear it. Yeah. because one, was this a gas powered? Is this a new high powered electric? Mm. Is it the little cheapy, you know, intro model? What 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 did how you do? How much torque did it have? Is that what uh, you're going well, after? It's oh. how much torque did you have, and why didn't you just get a brush blade for it? Oh, what's a brush there blade? There is Alan? a blade made for those units mm -hmm. that will not grab you and throw you to the ground because it has a different tooth configuration. Is it like a like a wire brush type thing? No, no, no. it's going to look really similar to that saw blade he had on there. <laughs> but it's gonna have very. It's come all right. It's kind of like the difference between a pruning blade and a hacksaw. Okay. A pruning blade has got those big, huge teeth in it that looks like you're dismembering a whale. <laughs> a hacksaw, which has Alan has those, done, but yeah, well, I, okay. I, I'm pleading the fifth on this. Yeah. Um, the hacksaw has those tiny little teeth mm -hmm. that is anybody in you know that listens to us knows will cut through anything. And there, there are actually blades made for this, for getting rid of woody-stemmed stuff when you clear land and that kind of thing. 
And if you've got the thing that rotates over, those tiny little blades don't grab a big hunk of earth right. and body slam you. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. picture this you know, whole maneuver. <laughs> well, like it could have hit a rock. It could have hit a tree oh, root. It what hit, he did was plus, he, it could have pinched the blade. Well, he caught the under edge of the sidewalk. I know right. exactly what mm-hmm. he did because... I've, I've, I'm not going to say I know somebody personally that's done this, but I've seen it happen. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 I just, I, I have to imagine, especially, you know, we've watched enough YouTube. I have to imagine a lot of people have tried something like this. Oh, so. yes. Yeah. Oh, Larry, yeah. Oh, you, oh, you're yeah. being strangely quiet. I, I oh, just no, not me. He's, not me. Uh-uh. He, he's he, so he, he knows a, Mrs. Brown is listening. So, yeah. so I have a true yeah, edger I've, that I edge my yard with it, and it has a belt on it. So if you hit something mm. and the blade stops, the belt will slip. Yep. Oh, it, okay. It's safety. Yeah. So the belt's there to you know give you a little yep. bit of safety. And yeah, so but then, I've met some of your techs. Yes. <laughs> and so we eat now. I'm talking about myself personally. I can't say anything about them, but um, and a weed eater, and and if you get a good weed eater, you could it has heavier line in it. Okay. It allows mm-hmm. you to put a heavier weight line in it, and it won't break as much. See, I. Now, Maybe they I'm also just... have an insert cartridge, which has Lexan blades. Mm-hmm. Right. See, Alan keeps talking about the blades, which is where I'd like to go with it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, uh, Larry, yard work's not my favorite thing. And I probably weed eat once a year, if you <laughs> want to know the truth. I <laughs> Joe's just, that I, guy in the neighborhood. But, um, but <laughs> my experience is just basically I've not found the right the right line or whatever it is where it just it just breaks a lot or or like i said it'll right. snap off then it springs back in and you got to take it apart and all right pull that's it out. because it's you're not using, fast. all right well a you're impatient good b true. you're a gryffindor yeah. c you're using an entry-level weed eater mm-hmm. oh so you, no you have, question you about have it. three strikes against mm-hmm. you right there yeah now when we go to my garage <laughs> yeah uh, Talk about jet powered. You know, so, yeah. you, you remember in Harry Potter when he got a Nimbus? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do. Larry's. Yeah, know, I know. But no. I'm making a geek reference just okay. for Joe here. Yeah. So you remember when Harry got that Nimbus and how much better his life became? Sure. All right. When you upgrade just a little bit, mm-hmm. you get so much better a performance than the entry level little little gizmo. Yeah, I may have to bite the bullet. Although, yeah. if I do that, now, then I'm going to be uh, required to do more yard work, well, which I, I don't know I, if that's in my well. well it's favor not required either, to do more yard work. It's the getting it over with more effectively. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, a good buddy of ours, Scott Carroll, just recently moved into a house, and it's a zero lot line, and he has a postage stamp for a yard. Lucky him. Yeah. Okay. He, he has the yard you want. Yeah. You're right. Really, it's just big enough for the dog, and your weed eater. Is what he needs. Okay. All right. You need what I have because you live on a huge lot. Yeah. With like trees acre. and critters and and stuff. Right. You are. We we're gonna go back to using the insufficient tool for the job. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. Anyway, uh, whoever whoever you are. Oh, Samuel in South Haven. All right. Samuel, okay, you know. Samuel, send me, I sympathize, send me some information. Samuel. I will point you the right direction. Anyway, glad you didn't, glad it didn't turn out glad worse. Glad you didn't get mm-hmm. killed. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Glad that blade glad didn't the blade, fly, you know, off, fly of off there and hit your neighbor oh. or something. Yeah. You know. All right. Hey, Larry, let's shift gears. Let's, uh, we're, we'll, we'll, I think we're, we're going to probably kind of introduce this topic right now. So you, you and I were talking uh, the other day um, about brown refrigeration and about some of the challenges that, 
that we've had what the last two or three years with you know all the COVID stuff. And then you brought up this this term just in time manufacturing, which sort of caught my attention because Alan, last week you were talking about mm-hmm. just in time. I think I don't remember delivery or something, but just in time uh, supply, supply, yes. mm-hmm. right. and how that all, that mindset affects uh, the supply chain. And the way you explained it, really, I thought was very educational, Larry. So I thought maybe we could dive into a little bit of a talk about just in time manufacturing and what that's doing you know, to a situation right now? Well, you know, all of us as consumers in, in manufacturing, we're all used to now we can have anything we want at the click of a button, right? So we go on pretty close. We, yeah. we go on the internet. Spoiled. We yeah. say, you know, we hit the, you know, the Amazon and we say, all right, we want this and boom, tomorrow, the next day it's at our house, right? Right. Our office or whatever. Well, you know, that, that, that's kind of changed. Uh, some things, especially the manufacturing side of it with, um, you know, air conditioning, cars, um, other products like that are not able to keep these supply chains, you know, uh, a steady stream of product or parts they need. And therefore, you know, we're not able to keep those items in, in stock or keep a good su- supply of them. Uh, just like cars, I mean, we do a car dealership, a, big, a large car dealership here in Memphis, I was talking to the manager the other day, and he said that before the pandemic, they had anywhere from 300 to 350 new cars on their lot. And he said, you know what I mean? I got today? Yeah. Five. Right. Mm. It's, five. It's, it's weird. You go by these dealerships, and it's like a graveyard there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're all used cars because right. there's no new cars being able to manufacture because, remember, we're talking about just in time. They can't get the supplies they need. And it, you've got to think a car's probably got – thousands of parts and mm-hmm. if they don't have if they if they need 3000 parts and they've got 2995 of the parts and they don't have five of them they can't build the car right so that's that's kind of the thing that's happened to us now is that we counted on just in time for so long and it worked well but until we hit a, a, a pandemic and now we hit supply chain issues and we don't get these supplies and nobody has anything like stocks of these items. They're just expecting if they need 20 of them, they expect 20 of them to show up. We use 20 of them. Tomorrow we need 20 more, so on and so forth. And uh, it's 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 something that's going to take, I think, years to work out. It, it seems like it will. Or it, it just, yeah. Go ahead, Alan. Well, uh, uh, I believe it was a star. I'm, on a, I'm just geeky today, I guess. Star Trek. Um, yeah. The, the, the more complicated you make the plumbing, the easier it is to back up the sink. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. for JIT, to really give people a solid idea what JIT is, uh, you go to your favorite restaurant Here we and go. you food order a meal. Max. Oh, well, we got to do a food reference. You yeah. order a meal. You expect everything to be fresh. Mm-hmm. Yes? Right. I, depending on where you eat, but yeah, I guess so. Well, you yeah. know, if if they're going to be microwaving a bunch of frozen stuff, you could have done that at the house. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that is the best example I can give everybody of JIT in the fact that restaurants get deliveries three, four, five times a week, and they don't have a giant freezer in the back. I'll look at Larry. He's mm-hmm. going to come out refrigeration again. Well, they don't have a 2,000-square-foot a, a freezer back there. They got a... 250 square foot or 300 square or foot. Or less, maybe or even less. 100 square foot. And, you know, what comes in turns and goes out very quickly. Yeah. Now, 
Let's let's throw in. Uh, do y'all remember the ship called the Ever Given? <laughs> no. I yes, you never do. Because on March 23rd mm-hmm. of 2021, it blocked up the, the Suez Canal. Oh, that shit. Okay. And stopped over yeah. 10% of the world's commerce for five days. That was weird. One boat. One boat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're we're probably there are probably people just now getting those deliveries. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, boat. Yeah, I'm sorry. When you start talking about the container ships that we're talking about mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. We're not talking speedboats. No, nope. these are huge. these are yeah. gargantuan yeah. ships with twenty thousand of those shipping containers, mm-hmm. like you see on the back of an eighteen wheeler. Yeah, picture twenty thousand of those on one boat. Yeah, stacked up on there. Yeah, yeah, and well, it is literally a slow boat from China. Honestly, you know? yeah. honestly, yeah. Well, and it's it's a it's just such a ripple effect too. So it's mm-hmm. like um, it 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 affects everybody. It affect you know, like you said, it your grocer or your manufacturer. You, or, you got a sixty thousand dollar car and you're missing a three dollar spark plug. Yeah, guess and, what? It doesn't run. It doesn't run. Yeah, and which is why why we want to continue the conversation with Larry Brown about this because Larry has navigated. You've mm. you know, Larry, you've been in the game for over forty years in the heating and air conditioning. And you've you've navigated all sorts of unique situations, which is why you want somebody with some experience to, mm-hmm. to help you handle Absolutely. this. So, anyway, we're going to unpack this a little more. You're listening to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Extraordinary events call for extraordinary actions. We form an allegiance sure. to use sudden violence. Okay. Do you have the tools to turn a wooden mop handle into a stake? Which size? News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Yeah, these are the kind of conversations you you hear when uh, Alan's around. (laughs) Anyway, welcome Welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com. Our pal Max over there behind the glass, and Larry Brown himself, the man himself that keeps mm. the lights on here, that did such a nice remodel, and uh, really is sort of the bedrock of Tool Talk Radio. He, he's Indeed. in the studio. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And honestly, you can call or text us any day of the week because we take voice messages. Mm-hmm. And if uh, if they're interesting, like that dangerous uh, confession <laughs> that we got earlier that <laughs> somehow the guy didn't cut his leg did. off. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, get, get in touch with us, 901-683-0989. Well, uh, Larry, we've been talking about this um, – uh, just-in-time manufacturing principle, I guess you could say, and how it's affecting the supply chain, how it's affecting your business. Well, I guess we're going to we're gonna discuss how it's affecting your business. But before we get to that, once again, you always bring us some great specials and you always uh, give the listeners a, a, a great reason to call. So uh, what are the specials today, man? Well, you know, it's like I say, I always bring some specials. So I'm, I've got uh, several here. Uh, the first one is, you know, it's not too late to get your air conditioning system service for the summer. So we're offering a service special, $69.99 for the first unit, $39.99 for each additional unit. So if you got two, three, four systems, you can just do the math, come out and get your air conditioner clean, checked, tuned up, ready for the summer. Um, if you're in the market for a new heating and air conditioning system, uh, we're offering 18 months, no interest financing on our new train heating and air conditioning equipment, or 
If you're um, you you can get up to a six hundred dollar rebate on new train systems, and that's through May thirty first. So if you're interested in any of these fine specials, give us a call at nine zero one three six two one eight eight one or visit us on the web at brownref.com. All right, perfect. So, Larry, okay, here's how I relate to this whole thing because um, so we're talking about the the just in time manufacturing, and it it does resonate with me because. You were talking about how uh, maybe one of your manufacturers, your your they they need uh, let's for example they might need sheet metal, they might need wiring components, they might need digital boards or things like that. Well, if one of those pieces is missing, they they you know they obviously can't complete their work. And also, somebody might say, well, why don't they? Since they know this is going to happen, why don't they just order five times as many boards or something and do that? Well, people don't always have enough working capital they don't have the money to necessarily do that i know somebody in my situation i can't just go buy a warehouse full of lumber to do that there's only so much money i can spend so it's a balance between how much you know how much capital they how much working capital they have and then if you trickle that down the line and everybody's basically in the same boat you can see man that's a it does create a real problem especially when you get you know all these other complications thrown in so well, and even if you said, well, hey, I can't get this these widgets so uh, that I need to build a particular item, so uh, let me just go ahead and order 500 of them. I go, oh, we're not, we can't even get you five. Yeah. Well, well that's because down the line, they don't have the... Right. Yeah. So even some of our materials, they put us on a quota system. So if we call up and say, hey, we wanted 500, they'll go, well, we can let you have five. Right. Because mm-hmm. we, got, we got 20, and we're not going to sell you all of them. We're going to... Sh- share them with some of our other customers okay so, so there's a lot more strategy that has to go into and, and it's well, funny because when i talk to you larry you're still swamped you're still taking care of your customers so it's like i just feel like this is I, i'm almost picturing uh like uh hurricane force storms and larry's at the at the bow of the ship just steering <laughs> right through it and because you're like i've been here before i can handle this so well, but honestly it's a reason to get involved with a company that's got experience and that's got you know Obviously, we've, you know, I've been doing this for fo- over 40 years right here in the Memphis area. So, you know, we've seen a lot of different situation issues come, come, you know, down the road. And we've felt, figured out ways to deal with them in the past. We're figuring out ways to overcome these issues now. But, you know, there's certain things that I don't have control over. So if, um, you know, if, the, if our suppliers and vendors run out of product, uh, yeah, I could try other vendors you know, we've got association with, you know, probably 20 different vendors here in Memphis for HVAC supplies. But, you know, if they don't have it, they don't have it. So I would advise anybody that's in the market for a heating and air conditioning system or even thinking you might need one to go ahead and make a move on it now because I can promise you last year we actually ran out of certain size units that we just didn't have any. Yeah. It's yeah. just, I don't, you know, it's just if you needed one, we didn't have any. Well, so. how's this going to get fixed? Because now that you're making me think, it's like everything's interconnected. And what is, is there a solution? Is it going to involve just more structured? I don't know. I don't really know how you, I you think know, it's unwind a, this. Or, well, I think it's things. It's just like anything. You know, you you eventually, if you, as long as things continue to improve slightly and we keep gaining a little bit of ground, eventually we'll catch back up. Okay. But it's not going to be something that's going to happen in months. It's going to be years. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, 
2023, 20, 2023, 20, maybe 24. Okay. As long as we don't have another outbreak of the mm-hmm. uh, COVID and all this, you know. It, at least people's mindset is sort of adapted to this because people are used to a little adversity like this now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, to kind of give you uh, just a, a, an everyday point of view on this, think about how impossible a cup of coffee is. Second food reference, Max. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got to go yeah. for food. Well, okay, go ahead. All right, well, think about it. So you go to your favorite little coffee shop, right? You're going to order a coffee. Coffee beans don't grow in Memphis. Nope. Had to come from South America or someplace like that. Mm-hmm. How much sugar did you raise in your backyard last year, Larry? Uh, none. That'd yeah. be none. <laughs> yeah. uh, so sugar, which is a massive production capability, mm-hmm. takes place in, like, Louisiana. Of When was the last time you made your own cups, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, I get the point. Yeah, okay. you know, okay. like, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. So to kind of just drive the point home, just think about some of the most basic ideas that we have and think about the supply chain it takes to make something as simple as a bag of popcorn or a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to look at Larry and go, and now we're going to talk about a complicated refrigeration system. Yeah, Uh, We're going to talk about... uh, well, and the, plus the big thing we're also looking at is the actual chemical production because R22 is gone. R22 is gone, yes. And um, other refrigerants are being phased out. So uh, and chemical plants are having the same problems as, um, you know, everybody else. Uh, so a refrigerant has skyrocketed in price. Um, so it, it's, it's, you know, we're, it's, it's a big issue in our, in our industry of, uh, price increases and, uh, shortages of material. So, and we use a lot of different, different items. So it's, it's a lot of shortages. I've even heard of electrical contractors that have a shortage of electrical panels mm-hmm. and they'll send their employees around to all the big box stores and they actually buy up all the electrical panels it, it's just funny to be able to do their work. It's funny you say that, Larry, because I, I think I mentioned this to you the other day when we were talking about this. I'm almost thinking for some companies, this might almost create a new a new position. Like instead of the secretary just picking up the phone and saying, send me, you know, mm-hmm. 500 pounds of this such and such, it might take a little hunting. You might have to have somebody that their job is just basically tracking down the materials you need or tracking, scheduling the deliveries of things like that that would have in the old days you could have done that like an app on your phone or something but you know well it's just like alan mentioned the food reference you know before you'd call the food vendor and you'd say well you know i need a dozen of these and i need 10 pounds of this and so on and forth your your list for a restaurant and the and the vendor says well i don't have that don't have this Mm -hmm. don't have that so then you what do you got to do? You order what all everything you can from them. Then you got to go search for that missing items for maybe another vendor, and they might have half of the other items. So you got to call another vendor, and maybe you called four vendors instead of what you used to get from one vendor. Right. Yeah. It always reminds me of Radar O'Reilly for Mash. Right. Right. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you remember get a the bunch of radars out there. Radar would just be you know on that phone. With you Sparky know. changing, okay, I'll give you 500 potatoes if you send us the... Uh, you but know, I need brunch. an incubator. What right. kind of incubator you got? Well, I need an incubator that, you know, so there, there's a lot of, yeah. um, there's a lot of this. As a matter of fact, I went on an expedition last week for a company that had to have a specific 
left hand dialed high heat hot water handle mm-hmm. for a faucet for a mm-hmm. restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, trust me, this became the the quest for the Holy Grail. Sure. And penultimately, I had to call a friend of mine who let me in their private warehouse because they just so happened to still have these parts in stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you need to know a guy that knows a guy. Because there's yeah. always that. The right? first yeah. three guys I knew, yeah, all didn't have any anymore. Right. It yeah. took guy number four to kind of go, but you're gonna owe me. Right. Right. So and right. he's already told me what he wants. So I'm I'm on the radar side of this. So oh yeah. He'll get his parts next week. I found them for him. But I got my part for the restaurant last week. See, folks, this is why you need seasoned experience. So, you know, in the this, you know, I do believe I'm always optimistic. I do believe this uh, whole situation is going to make us stronger as mm. a whole. It's going to make us more adaptable as business people, and we'll we'll get through this probably better off than we were before. But in the meantime. During the crisis, you need people like uh, Larry Brown on your side. So, uh, Larry, one one more time, how do they uh, get in touch with Brown Refrigeration? Well, you know, you can just give us a call at 901-362-1881, or you can reach us on the, on, on the web, brownref.com, or you can check us out on Facebook. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, they got a pretty active Facebook. It's, you know, Larry Brown's mm-hmm. got more Facebook followers than us, Alan. How do we, we fix that? <laughs> anyway, good. We're, congratulations, sir. We don't we don't begrudge you that. But hey, let's shift gears. Let's have a little fun because I know Max has been chomping at the bit to to get back to some of his idioms for idiots with uh, Max's deep cut. And now, a deep cut with Maximilian. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. You like Fruit Ninja, don't He you? loves those hot keys, Larry. So, okay, Max, tell us what we got going on. This is this is some more of your, uh, where words come from, right? You're a language. You're passionate about language. Yes, the origins of certain things, like etymology or whatever. So, like, what I wanted to discuss, this is pretty much going to carry the entire segment, is the origin of a, a jack-of-all-trades. Mm-hmm. And I would like to begin this with a poem by the 14th century English poet John Gower. Mm-hmm. He kind of discussing the first use of the term jack as sort of like the um, a, some, a common man. Okay. Um, uh, it says, there while he hath his full pack, they say a good fellow is jack. Really? 14th century? You know, because if you ever watch a movie, it's all there's always some, the, the main guy's name is jack. Like jack from the, in, in Titanic or jack. Somebody is always the, the lead Jack detective and, in the crime stories. Jack and the Beanstalk. It's because it's yeah. a variation of, it's a derivative, derivative of the common name John and everything. You know, like, so it's like, okay, this is just, you know, you're like your Tom, Dick, and Harry sort of thing like that. So Jack is kind of, like I said, a derivative, it's just sort of like a fill, fill in for the common man. But now we get into the idea of now where does Jack of all trades come from? Well, first I would like to look at um, kind of the... The earlier equivalent to it, which was a Latin phrase, Johannes Factorum, which means Johnny Do It All. Mm-hmm. It's kind <laughs> of a, Wait, say that again. I want to put that on a t shirt. <laughs> Johannes, fact, Johannes Factorus. Factotum. Well, factotum. Okay. I like Johannes that. Factotum. That sounds cool. Yeah. And one of the uses of that term was from a writer by the name of Robert Greene. And he was, he was using that term as a subtle insult to Shakespeare and everything like, oh, this guy. Coming in on the you know English stage and everything, who does he think he is? He's some sort of he's an absolute Johannes factotum. Yeah, and so <laughs> that's sort of the and they called and he also called him an upstart crow, mm-hmm. yeah. which is pretty fun. An uh, upstart he, crow. So 
Okay. And so that's where we get the term. That's kind of the predecessor of jack of all trades. And so now we get make our way a little bit later to, I believe, oh, here we go. It's some, um, uh, his, and we get to the 16th century or no, 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 the 17th century when a man by the name of Jeffrey Minshall wrote of his experiences in prison. And one of the phrase, this is where he, I'm a, this is where you first get the term jack of all trades. And then later I'll discuss the addition of master of none. And so in this, he says, he describes someone as some broken citizen who hath played jack of all trades. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are very flowery insults, aren't oh, they? Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just, you know, they're using the word, uh, they're using the name Jack as in, in place of just the word person or man. Mm -hmm. The man so, of you know, all trades. A man of all trades. Right. Um, but it's it's that far back. Huh? I feel like a lot of the uh, blacksmiths and uh, would have been, because like we said, in the, towns, in the town square, the blacksmiths seemed to have to do, right. well, they the, had to be the most versatile. Well, the right? blacksmith was the master. Because right. he ran the forge. Yeah. Joe, basically, we're going to look at you as the carpenter as more the jack of all trades because you're the one that applied the tools. I've been called that. Have you been called that, Larry? I mean, you... you no. No? no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see, but but see, it, it sounds great to be, oh, well, you're the jack of all trades. But what that basically means is that there's a lot of different people that can hit you up for... Help, like it. Well, it's like hey, buying you're a, a jack truck. of all trades. Hey, can you fix the leak in my roof or what? You know. Well, just, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you get into well, uh, like the last name Thatcher. You know, that was a person who specialized in thatching the roof mm -hmm. of the house. Oh, okay. they were the master Thatcher, and you actually had to study for years to become a master Thatcher. Okay. Hey, Max, I got a question for you. Yes. Is there? United uh, agreement on where the term first came from because it sounds like it's been kind of scattered around. I mean, it I seems like old, old Jeffrey there. I'd say kind of I'd say it is kind of scattered around and everything. Like I'd say it you kind of get it's like kind of like step by step progression and everything. Like you mentioned the term Jack like in that poem by I'm a what's his name? I'm a Gower. And then you know, you slowly add little things like you know, different shades. Like I would say it's really hard to peg it down to just one person, but the one that I found was kind of like a pretty concrete use of the word jack of all trades. And then, but the term master of none, like I said, was added later on and everything. And so, you know, you don't get to jack of all trades, master of none, like at the very get-go. You kind of, it just added slowly and slowly. And so where they actually add the term master of none to actually be sort of an insult to somebody as opposed to like more of a positive thing it comes from a 1785 text by Charles Lucas, and I'm just going to abbreviate it because he's talking about like a pharmacist. He says, the very druggist, a jack of all <laughs> trades, and in truth, master of none. See, and, you know, now this, our founding fathers knew how to write some insults. Mm -hmm. They knew how to, you know, if they're going to criticize the king or something, they did it in very colorful terms and, and real poetic, but... That's but, great, man. But then you dance over by Mr. Daniel Webster. Okay. And you get into the where they flipped it again. So we went from insult back over to a compliment because it became kind of a poem. And they went, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Huh. A.K.A. a handyman mm -hmm. can get a whole lot more done than just the Thatcher.
or the window painter or the the person with a mix of skills was often the guy who you were looking for. All right. Well, see, Larry, you've probably experienced this. I've experienced this, too. There's a real – usually my experience is the, the you get the old – I don't know, the old guy that doesn't talk a lot and he's mm. kind of quiet and he's sort of humble. He's probably 70 years old, and that guy literally knows how to do everything. He doesn't he's brag built about everything. it. He's and then done there's those everything. guys that are like, oh, I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. And usually those are the guys, the, the, the more they brag about it, usually I find they're less qualified. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because so. they're just trying to sell you on. Yeah. Well, it's like the old, you know, uh, on my business, everybody's a painter. Oh, yeah. You know, you put a thing in, say, I need some help. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I know how to paint. I know how to paint. Hey, you know, we have a real simple test. We give you a little cup of paint and a brush and say, paint me a couple of samples on the wall. Yeah. And you'll know the painter in three seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. How they hold the brush, how they use the brush, and how far into the paint they ram that paintbrush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the painter is going to get just enough paint on one side of the brush to just make the little dab that you asked him for, the guy that thinks he's a painter yeah. is going to grab that thing and he's going in there like he's digging up ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you're like, oh, that's pretty so. interesting, Max. So, so it's 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 sort of uh, piggy. It's it's sort of gone back and forth. It was a compliment. It was an insult. It was a <laughs> it's a real insult, and it's kind of you know it's an ever evolving term, I guess. But well, jack of all trades is now kind of a. Um, a nice thing to call somebody. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Unless you tag yeah. it on the end, with the, the master of none. So, yeah, you're well, you're well rounded in several th- things, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, English is the result of it's kind of like an extended conversation. It's like what's going to be the equivalent of jack of all trades in twenty one twenty one and everything. So to yeah. say, yeah. Very interesting. Well, Max, we like these deep cuts. And uh, hey, if you've got some words, I guess that you want to mm. give to uh, get in touch keep with us, keep it or, clean. Yeah, keep it clean. If you want us to research <laughs> anything, uh, Matt, and and put it out on the air, get in touch with us. Uh, get in touch with us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline. You can call or text at 901-683-0989. Leave us a message, and if it's interesting enough, we'll uh, we'll put it up there. Hey guys, we don't want to run out of time before we get to our must-have item of the week. Uh, but before we get to that, real quick, Larry, one last time, tell everybody how to uh, tell us about the specials you've got today and how to get in touch with Brown Refrigeration. Okay, well, you know, you kind of caught me off guard. Uh, the, so, <laughs> your notebook. I, I was already yeah. quit, getting ready to leave. But uh, yeah. anyway, so our, 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 you know, we're offering a service special on your HVAC units. So if you need to get them clean, checked, it's ready for the summer, give us a call. Uh, $64.99 for a uh, service special for your first unit. Thirty-four ninety-nine for each additional unit. So if you got more than one, two, three, four, just do the math. Uh, we're offering uh, eighteen months no interest financing, and up to a six hundred dollar rebate on new train units. Uh, that ends May thirty-first. So if you're okay. interested, please give us a call 901-362-1881 or check us out on the web at brownref.com. Awesome. All right, Max, our must-have item of the week. This is I. We're, we don't have a lot of time, but Alan, how much how much explanation does this really need? Uh, what am I holding better, up it here? It is better known as a stubby screwdriver. You happen to have a Phillips size number two in your hand, right there. Yeah, I gravitate towards the. You know, when you need a stubby uh, screwdriver, basically, if folks, if you can imagine a screwdriver, this thing to me looks like it's about three or. 
three inches, inches long. That's a three inch you know, screwdriver. Three inches. And it's, uh, you know, we've all had that, especially when you're working on, I don't know, cars or you're working behind something, mm. getting behind maybe a refrigerator or something. You just, that little screwdriver is very important and it's cheap. I think this thing's less than four or five bucks. A stubby screwdriver is a lifesaver in many in many situations. So. Well, and the best part is you have the one there with the grooved handle, which is designed to be grabbed by a pair of pliers or channel locks. Funny you mention that. That was Ta-da. my next comment. You can, you can take a, an adjustable <laughs> wrench. You can take yep. some vice grips, whatever. Mm. You shove the back of that thing with the, your hand, and, you, and you, you crank it with the handle. So, yeah, a stubby screwdriver is our must-have item oh, of the week. Absolutely. So. Well, guys, this was a chock-full episode. Anytime Larry shows up, you know it's going to be interesting conversation. But, guys, we're out of time. There's nothing we can do to extend the clock. Mm. We haven't invented mm. that one yet. Alan, that's your next job. But uh, <laughs> So we're out of time, you guys. So uh, another episode of Tool Talk Radio in the can. On behalf of my buddy Alan Gilbreth and our pal Max over there behind the glass and Larry Brown, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening to Tool Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week.